Would you like for me to tell you about the greatest preparedness, the greatest plan, the greatest act of prepping that has ever been done in the history of the world? I'll talk about that when I come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Practical Prepping Podcast. Krista here tonight, and I'm going to be talking to you about Christmas week. You know, we are preparing for Christmas. It's the hustle and bustle time, and I hope that all of you are as finished with shopping as can be. I know that we're looking at some weather patterns also for coming week, and looks like all of us are going to be involved in some kind of an Arctic blast. So some of us may have a white Christmas. Others of us may have an icicle Christmas or an extremely cold and windy Christmas. Be that as it may, Christmas is coming. And I heard it's going to be on the 25th again this year. That's a joke. Anyway. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what this means to me. And I know that I'm going to delve into a topic of faith and belief in Jesus Christ. And Mark and I have been very forthright in expressing our faith that way. And we realize that we have listeners that are in agreement with that. And we have listeners that are not. And we respect that. But we're just simply trying to share with you our heart our thoughts and the way that we understand how God has revealed himself to us. And so what I'd like to talk to you about this week, I'm going to break this down into basically two parts to talk about the greatest preparedness that has ever taken place. And that's how I wanted to couch it in that very type of language about a preparedness plan for you and I living today, something that was set in motion, time immemorial, all the way back to before we even counted as history. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. So I'm going to start with the Old Testament in the Bible. You know, the Bible is broken into an Old Testament and a New Testament. I'm going to focus on the Old Testament because I would like to dispel the notion that Jesus was born just as a an afterthought or that a plan had to quickly come into place at his appearance and so on like that. No, no, no. God actually formed a plan hundreds, if not thousands of years before it was even recorded in words, a plan for Christ to come to us. In fact, Much of what we understand about the Bible, if you really read all of it, every bit of it really points to Jesus Christ. It does. All of the examples and the stories and the characters and the events that took place from Adam up to, you know, the very last word of the book of Revelation, everything points to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the reality of his person. 700 years before Christ was born. He was prophesied. The prophet Isaiah spoke very, very plainly in chapters 52 and 53 about the one that would come. The angel informed Mary that his name would be Jesus, which means he who will save the people from their sins. And Emmanuel means God with us. 
And so those names were actually prophesied so that when the message came to Mary, all of that planning and prep had already been done. Also, 700 years before Christ was born, the prophet Micah prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And see, that dispels the notion of some naysayers nowadays that would say, listen, you know, Jesus could have just hijacked a story from the Old Testament and could have pretended to be the Son of God. But there's no way Jesus could have been born in Bethlehem and have known that unless he was, in fact, God and was fulfilling prophecy. So we know that to be true. 400 years before Christ was born, the prophet Malachi prophesied about the messenger who would come ahead of Jesus, and in very clear language foretold the one that would come called the messenger, and we know him as John the Baptist, who actually was a cousin of Jesus. Mary and Elizabeth, John's mother was Elizabeth, they were cousins, and that made John and Jesus related as well. John was born ahead of time. In fact, John figured very prominently in the New Testament as the one who would say, prepare the way of the Lord. He is coming and he is nigh. He is near. John even was baptizing believers in the name of Christ before Christ actually announced his public ministry. And in fact, Christ was baptized by John. Not that Christ needed to be baptized as a form of any kind of salvation, for Christ was perfect and sinless. And I'll get into some interesting things that I learned even today about that. But he wanted to set an example of obedience to God's word. And that's why he had John baptize him. Also 700 years before Christ was born, Isaiah figures in again as prophesying why, the reason why Jesus came. He came to be salvation for us, that he was born of very humble means, as we all understand, Jesus was born in what would have been known as a Levitical stable, which would basically be a cut-out cave area for the Levitical sheep. Levitical sheep were sheep that were raised for sacrifice purposes. The shepherds that were out on the hillsides were attending to the Levitical sheep, and they would take the most perfect lambs that were born, and they would protect them in these special cave-dwelling areas so that they would not become blemished, so that they would be perfect for the temple sacrifice. The comparison to the actual lamb as an animal, spotless and blameless, ascribes very, very perfectly onto Jesus being described as the lamb, the last sacrifice of God. He was perfect and sinless. Understand this, too, that Mary and Joseph were not just random people who were just randomly selected out of nowhere to be the parents, the earthly parents of Christ. Both of these individuals were actually of the lineage of King David. Joseph was descended from King David's son, Solomon, and Mary was descended from another one of David's sons, Prince Nathan. And so all those many hundreds of years later, both Mary and Joseph were of the house of David because it was prophesied that the Messiah would be fully descended from King David. And he was. 
So both parents were descended from the house of David, which was also prophesied, which meant that Jesus had to fulfill the prophecy. And so when Mary was chosen to be Jesus' mother, God had already prepared to know that Mary would be born and that she would be the one he would choose to be the vessel that would bring Christ into the world. We're going to take a break for a sponsor. And then when we come back, I'm going to share with you, I think, probably the most exciting thing that I have really learned today and really it revealed to me today that I want to share with you regarding Mary. So we'll be right back. You know how Krista is about as much about water as she is spaghetti. She loves spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. And on the podcast, she talks about water, water, water. Well, you know, it's the one thing we cannot live without, and it's always a major concern for preppers. There's just so much drinking water we can store, and when that's gone, what are we going to do? Well, we can source water, strain it, and purify it by boiling it or chemically treating it, but that's a lot of work and a lot of trouble. There's a better way, and we can use it every day. We want to welcome Pro One Water Filters to Practical Prepping Podcast as a new sponsor. We've been using their product for a little while, and I can truly say we love it. There are several countertop models available. We have the Big Plus. It's stainless steel. It's a three-gallon water filter. There's also the Big Two, which holds two and a half gallons, and the Traveler Plus, and it holds two and a quarter gallons. There's also the Scout Two which holds 0.4 gallons, and there's a water filter pitcher, which you can keep in the fridge. The bigger systems can use one, two, or three filters, and each 7-inch filter filters 1,000 gallons of water. The 9-inch filters will handle 1,200 gallons, so there is a lot of capacity there. The Pro One filters filter out heavy metals, bacteria, protozoa, pharmaceuticals, and about 200 other things that we really don't want in our drinking water. They even filter out fluoride without having to buy a separate filter. There's all kinds of certifications for these filters, and if you want to, you can read all about that on their website. Now, here's the best thing. In addition to being a fantastic water filter, they are very affordable. We wanted a countertop water filter for several years, but honestly, the price stood in the way. You know, Pro One is one of the best water filters on the market. It's the best price we've seen anywhere. And to make it even better, they'll break that up into four interest-free payments. And to make it awesome better, through December the 31st of 2022, they're running a holiday sale, and that's 15% off of their whole house systems and 25% off of everything else. And you can purchase it with that four interest-free payments that Krista mentioned. So there's no reason not to order one today. By the way, they offer free shipping on all orders over $69.95. There is a Pro One water filter for you, and there's no better time to get one than right now. Pro One Water Filters. Check them out. They are linked on our website. You know that part-time business you've been doing for a while? Maybe it's time to take it to the next level and really see what it can do. Sometimes all it takes is a little push or a little help from the right people. 
the folks at ProLine Digital Group are the right people when it comes to your website or growing your business through digital marketing. I've used a lot of website hosting over the years, and honestly, ProLine Digital has been the best I've ever used. In the last two years, we've had exactly zero minutes of outage or downtime. That's reliability. So whether you want an informative site, an online store, or to start online marketing, check out ProLine Digital Group. They're linked from our website or go to ProLineDigitalGroup.com. Thank you for listening to Practical Prepping Podcast. If you would like to support us, you can buy us a cup of coffee or you can start your Amazon shopping from our links. Both are on the front of the website. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I know that we're jumping into a maybe kind of a bit of a deep subject, but I like to present this in a way that helps you know that I've done some research and that I'm also talking about faith and what I believe and what I know to be true according to the Word of God. I was telling you about something exciting that I had learned about Mary. Now, we know as believers that Christ was immaculately conceived and that Mary was his mother. Now that means in real talk, that means that Mary was a young, mature woman, a young woman of marriageable age. She was already betrothed to Joseph, but she had not ever had any sexual relations with any man. So she was a complete virgin. And that was also part of the prophecy. The exciting part that I've learned today was it's something I kind of struggled with before because I understood about the Holy Spirit overshadowing Mary so that the miracle of conception could take place. But I never realized this until today, that Mary's eggs were not used, her own personal ones, because if they had been, Jesus would have just simply been a sinful man, just like any sinful person born, that The miracle of immaculate conception isn't just the conception, but how God brought that about. In order for Christ to be completely sinless, Mary's DNA did not pass to Christ. She was merely the vessel that brought him into the world. And that's how we know that Christ was in human form, but was blemish-free perfect, spotless, sinless. He was very God and very human. He was 100% God and 100% human. It's a little hard for our mind to wrap around that, but that was part of the exciting research that I found today in doing some reading. And that really actually answered my question about Christ being born of woman. The Bible refers to it as the seed of woman, which means Women don't bear seed. That's a man's job. So it's seed of woman means that God placed that embryo of his own making into Mary's body. Now, we do know that the Bible states that Mary and Joseph did marry. And then after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph actually had other children, natural born children, just like you and I were born. We know that Jesus had brothers and sisters, and the Bible even speaks about that in the New Testament. Now, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the prophecies that were made 
regarding Jesus' birth, his coming, his title, his role, his purpose, where he was born, how he was born, all of these prophecies and predictions, someone actually totaled them up. There's actually between 350 and 400 stated prophecies that have to do with Christ, everything from his birth to his purpose to his death to his resurrection. But there are certain prophecies that are so specific that an actual professor at a college did a study on that. I'm going to tell you about that. This is, I found this fascinating. Peter Stoner, he is the chairman of the Departments of Mathematics and Astronomy at Pasadena College. He conducted an experiment with 600 students from the InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. They looked at eight very specific prophecies about Jesus. They came up with some extremely conservative probabilities for each one, and then considered the likelihood of Jesus fulfilling all eight of these prophecies. Their conclusions were considered staggering that anyone satisfying all eight would be one in 10 to the 17th power. That's a 10 with 17 zeros after it. I'm not sure I could even find a word to describe what that would even be in language, but a one shot in 10 to the 17th power, and that was their conservative estimate. Dr. Stoner said, visualize it this way. If you marked one of 10 tickets and placed the tickets into a hat and stirred them around very thoroughly, and then ask a blindfolded man to draw one of the tickets out, his chance of getting the marked one would be 1 in 10, right? Now, suppose that we take 10 to the 17th power in silver dollars, and we laid those silver dollars on the surface of the state of Texas. That would cover the whole state two feet deep. Now, if we took one of those silver dollars and marked it, and mixed it back into the group, and then thoroughly stirred up all of those silver dollars all over the state of Texas, and then we blindfolded a man and told him to travel in any direction of his choosing, it doesn't even matter where he goes, but that he must pick up only one silver dollar, and without looking at it, declare it as the marked one. What are the chances he would have of getting the right one? Just the same chance that the prophets would have had of writing these eight prophecies over hundreds of years before they took place and having them all come true in any one man from their day to the present time, providing they were using their own wisdom. Do you see what I'm getting at? Do you see the extraordinary lengths that it takes for God to have prophesied this to happen. Only God could have made this happen, and only he would have reason for it, because God created the future. He is sovereign over the future. So he alone possesses the authority to give us insight into the future, as well as the past. I'm saying all of that to say this. For those of you like me, who really like a lot of research and science, to really stand true and prove that the Word of God is exactly what it says it is, and that God's planning and preparation for us was so 
infinitesimally created that you couldn't help but understand that it takes faith to believe it, but the facts also bear it out as well. Now, why did Jesus come? Why are we celebrating Christmas? Why all this planning and preparation from all the prophets up till we are into this day? Well, the reason is because Adam and Eve messed perfection up. They allowed their hearts to be turned over to sin. They had it made. They were perfect, but they had that free will. And they used their free will for their own selfish purposes, and that introduced sin into mankind. And from that point up until Christ being born, man was a born as a sinful-natured person, and that's even us today. We have that sin nature. And because we have sin and that ugliness and that stain in our lives, God, who is holy, cannot have fellowship with sin. God is holy and righteous. We can't even understand it because we're sinful. But his holy righteousness, his almighty righteousness is so pure and unstained that sin breaks the fellowship. But God loves us and wants relationship. He does not want us to be robots and he doesn't want to be an overlord. We still have that free will that he gave us. We still have that. He wants us to be in relationship with him because we want it. That's why he does not force us to believe. He allows us to continue on our sinful way, should we so choose, or we can take his gift of salvation, the way of escape, of escaping the penalty for sin. That way is Jesus, the only sacrifice that would be worth it. The only sacrifice that was worthy in God's mind was his plan for Christ to come. And to be that sacrifice, to come and be one of us so that we can relate to him as a person, but to be the sinless last lamb that would ever need to be sacrificed in order to atone for the sin of the world. And our belief in Christ and our accepting his salvation gift, our understanding that he can be the Lord of our life and we can enter into a relationship, a living relationship through the Holy Spirit. We can be reconciled to the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit enters our life and gives us that new nature. We're born with an old sinful nature, but Christ and the Holy Spirit can put that new nature inside and we are adopted into the family of God, one by one, one heart at a time, one life at a time. Does that mean that from that moment forward until the day we die that we're perfect and sinless? Nope, doesn't mean that. God knew that. God knows that even when we're young believers that sometimes we may be coming out of a life of sin or habits that are very hard to break, but his love is bigger than that. And he will give you the Holy Spirit to help guide you and train you and teach you and lead you through his word and through Bible-believing fellowship with other believers so that you can come into a greater relationship with him. So that Holy Spirit will come into your life and help guide you and train you. And understand this, that when you accept the forgiveness of Christ, you don't have to worry and wonder from that moment on, is God ever going to forgive you again? Because Christ said on the cross, it is finished. It is finished. That means your forgiveness is in hand. When you accept Christ's forgiveness, that even if you sin in the future, and you will, I know I have, I don't have to worry or beg God to forgive me. He has already forgiven me. He does 
train my heart to come to him as a child to a father and admit my wrongs. But I know that my father loves me and has already forgiven me. Now, does that mean I want to keep sinning? No, I don't. I don't want to keep sinning. Why would anybody want to keep doing something that is going to grieve their father's heart? That's counterintuitive. That's not love. That's not relationship. What I'm saying is this. The greatest preparedness of all is for the life after this one. Every human being has an eternal life. Everyone. Where and with whom you spend your eternal life is up to you. You have the free will to choose. You can accept what God has done and has already placed that salvation there for you. Or you can reject him. He will not force you. He may draw you for many, many years to him, and you may reject him year after year after year. There are times when God will actually withdraw his drawing you. There are times when you can run out of chances with the Lord. If you sense the Holy Spirit urging your heart to seek him and to open your heart to his lordship and his salvation, I urge you to act upon that, to pray a simple prayer, admitting that you're a sinner, admitting that you know that you're undone without him, admitting that you know that you're already destined to hell. It's not that he sends anybody. You're already on your way there. He wants you to come and be with him and let Christ be the Lord of your life and grow in relationship with him and grow to know who God is and how much he has a purpose and a plan for your life. You know, as preppers, we're always talking about having a plan, having a plan, having a plan. Well, what about the most important plan and the most important decision you can make? And I was really thinking about that at this season of the year because, you know, as a believer, we're reminded Christ came to be with us. He came to be one of us, but he is also God, the Messiah, the chosen one, our Savior. And he did go to a cross, and his blood was shed, and that blood atoned for the sin of all men for all time. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again. He overcame the power of the grave. He was not simply some fanatic religious leader who died and was buried and whose bones are still in the grave somewhere. He is the Christ, the Lord, the God, the life, the truth, and the way. He alone overcame all other barriers and proved that he is indeed the sovereign God, the God of sovereign authority who came to be your personal Lord and your friend and your guide and the one who loves you more than any person can love you. Grab on to that Christmas message. Understand from a factual point of view that God has laid the whole story out. You can read it. He's not keeping it a secret. There's nothing secret in the light of God. He is not a darkness whispering, secretive power. He is the light, and the truth can be seen, and the truth can be found. And I appreciate you allowing me to just speak from my heart to you today about this very, very, very 
important, the most important story, the most important truth ever told, and that is that Christ came, and he came for us, and that we are loved and cared for, and that we're bought with a very, very high price, and we don't have to pay for salvation. Christ has already made all the arrangements. The penalty has been paid. The debt has been canceled. The account has been settled. Nothing more need be done except you individually come to him and ask him to be your Lord. You know why? Because death happens. I want you to get prepared. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Practical Prepping Podcast. You can contact us through email at info at practicalprepping.info or on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.